Hi hi. I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Kennedy Sung. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG, SG Boys. Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. Today's episode of the SG Boys podcast is going to sound different. It's going to feel different because we are all in a very different place. Yeah, because we're wet in fucking Bukit Panjang. Hey, what's wrong with Bukit Panjang? Bukit Panjang is nice. Okay, a lot of cool people hang out Bukit Panjang. We have KFC. In Chinese, they say it's a nyaopushentan the fang, which means like even the birds don't lay eggs here. <laughs> I'm sorry to all my Bukit Panjang fans, and I say this as someone who grew up in Bukit Batok, but it's just a little bit inaccessible, lah. If not for the downtown line, honestly, if not for the downtown line. And bus one nine zero. That too, cause it goes through the expressway, yeah, correct? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Because as you know, in Singapore, the COVID situation has worsened a little bit. So we have some issues with our usual recording venue and we thought, let's switch it up. Go into a more intimate space, like this room, this little cute room in Bukit Panjang. <laughs> We're actually all on Josh's bed right now. We thought, whoa, life is getting back to normal. And then COVID pretty much said, what you want to do is not necessarily what you're going to do. <laughs> You might have also noticed that it's just Sam, Joe, and I on the mics today. Uh, we have some news to share. Unfortunately, Kennedy will be taking a break from the SG Boys podcast. Uh, we're not sure when he'll be back, but we hope he'll be back soon. We wish him well. Yes, Kennedy, girl, I know you listen in. We're waiting for you. Speaking of girl, we have our precious... SG Boys comms manager, Rachel Defoe, an ally to us and good friend of us as well, who's gonna be joining us today. Hello! It's Rachel with two A's, everybody give it up! It's been a while since we've had our, can I? Wow. Thunder, get the thunder. Did you guys hear that? That was Josh's summer, he's very hungry. (laughs) Just now we had brunch, then Josh was like, it's okay, I just have water, so. Sam Joe, give us a MTV Cribs tour of my room. What do you see? How much do you want me to reveal? <laughs> because I could go into your closet right now. You will not be opening okay. any drawers? Because I have like a portable mic, so I'm actually going to walk around the room. See, things we couldn't okay. do before. Things we couldn't do before, exactly. Okay, so the moment you walk into Josh's room, open a door and you see a window and it's a lot of natural light. Yes. Which makes sense because, you know, Josh lights up just about every room he steps into. So this is, you know, it makes sense that his own room is actually lit. There are all these little big-headed figurines okay. of famous pop culture characters. Oren Ishii, obviously. From Kill Bill, which you've, Kill Bill. you've interviewed Lucy Liu when she was in here in Singapore. Yes. Hi, Lucy, if you're listening. Yes, that's what she does on weekends. Lucy Liu <laughs> listens to the SG Boys hey, podcast. Yo, you never know. You never know. You know, they're also on semi-lockdown and everything. So she's probably bored. Like, you know, no gigs and all that. Um, <laughs> Daenerys and her dragon is here. Hi, Daenerys. Regret buying that one. Hi. It's not, oh my God, the dragon looks damn fierce, but I love dragon. Um, there is, oh my God, is Amy, is that Amy Winehouse? Yes. <gasps> it's Amy Winehouse with her famous beehive do and everything. And oh my god, it's RuPaul! Hey. There is a weird like, oh my god, is this what I think it is? It's a weapon from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, so this is a sigh. because oh, I sigh. Yeah, I Oh my gosh, up, don't, yeah. no, too close. <laughs> ah! It's an, it's, an actual, it's an actual weapon, so you might want to be careful with it. It's, 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 it's totally Okay, it's very, I'm very scared, actually. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I was obsessed with Elektra growing up. She Ooh, uses the Sai as well. Right, this is what Jennifer Garner like, used to pull around. Yeah, There are surprisingly a lot of books. Um, 
That was that. That wasn't a read. That wasn't a read. That wasn't a read. Get it, books read. You know you have. I know you have your iPad and everything, and people have Kindle. So I didn't think that you have physical books. Is what I'm saying. I think this is a great tradition. I would love to smell all of your books. Okay. Because you have very interesting books. You have like Janet Jackson's True You. What happens is if I like a book a lot, I'll buy a physical copy of it as well as keep the uh, soft copy. Oh, so these are Josh's favorites. Have so, you read all of them? Ah, uh, most of them. Most of them. There are a couple of here that I bought sort of just for. I like the cover. <laughs> <laughs> so he has about like thirty books here, you know, on his shelf. Which is your favorite book? Ah, uh, The Alchemist. Ah, uh, but it's not there. I think I lent it to my dad. Ooh. By Paulo Coelho. If you turn around, uh, this is my new addition to my room. It's my plant section. However, none of them are real. Oh. Okay. Basically, my mom just told me, uh, "Don't put plants in your room, ah. Uh. Surely got a lot of ants one." <laughs> this is a practical Asian mom thing to say. So I just got all these from IKEA. My my room is like a little man cave. I think it's like my dream room that I wanted as a teenager growing up because right. I used to have Bible verses on the wall and like very. Simple, clean room, and then once I started rebelling, I wanted to just have all my favorite pop culture things around me. So there's like a PlayStation there. There's a book collection. If you open that drawer, Samjo, in front of you. Okay, opening. So all this is just. Oh my goodness! That's a lot. Blu-ray. Have you heard of Netflix? Yeah, so I have a I have a pretty massive Blu-ray collection, DVD collection, vinyl collection. Amazing. Yeah. Even though yes, Rachel, you're right. Like everything's kind of like on Netflix or on iTunes, but I think when you grow up going to like a HMV or gramophone and stuff, right? Yes. Oh, I want to have this in my room, or like you go to a library. I want to have my room be like a library. So this yeah. is what my room has has been for a while now. I'm also kind of like you. I think we grew up in that era where we, you know, when we finally got some pocket money of our own, then we could buy our first CD, our first DVD. Once upon a time, there was that CD shop called Sembawang. Yes, Sembawang Music Centre. It's like a lime green plastic bag that they always yeah. give. Yeah. And all of us kids would go there because like the prices were actually a few dollars cheaper than HMV. Right. Uh, I remember that time I was deciding between the two albums to buy for my first ever album that I bought with my own money. And I had a tough choice. You want to know what the choices were? Definitely a diva. They're not like they're not typically who you would call divas. Mm-hmm. Diary of Alicia Keys <gasps> and Nelly Furtado's Folklore. Oh wow! Yeah, so not their debut albums or whatever, but interesting. Yeah, I ended up going for uh, Nelly Furtado's Folklore, and years later I managed to interview her. Oh my gosh! And I brought all my CDs to her, and I got her to sign for me, and I, and she asked me which is my favorite album, and I said Nelly, it's Folklore. Ah! It's Folklore, and she's like, Oh, a lot of my fans love that one too. And See, you have a full circle moment. Right with that album, and then finally meeting her. So exactly. like, so like for me, it was Spice Girls. Right, I showed you earlier on when you came in my room. Mel C signed a couple of my records for me, and to think that I, I played that CD so many times in my discman, taking it in and out. Then twenty plus years later, do an interview with her. Wow. <sighs> There you have it. This is my room, and today's episode is going to be really fun. Uh, we have been getting a ton of messages. For the past couple of weeks, especially on our Instagram page, I'm behind the scenes and I do a little bit of managing of it. So, are you guys ready <sighs> to answer some of them? I'm never ready, but just hit me, hit us. All right, it's time for our favorite game. Can I ask you a question? So the first question we've got, guys, comes from Caden, who asks, of all the guests that you've had on the show, who's the cutest? 
Oh my goodness! And who surprised you the most? Okay, let's see who we've had on. We've had Mel C. How can we forget that? Okay. Love. We've had Conan Gray. Cute. Closer to home, we had Pretty Please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had uh, Paul. Right, Paul. Polyamorous. Putting the Paul in polyamorous. Polyamorous Paul. Yusheng. <gasps> from Hacking Unicorn. Hacking Unicorn. I love that episode. We've had Kyle from Proud as well as Collie. Oh, we've had Johnson Ong. Who's the cutest? Okay, so here's the thing. When I'm interviewing someone, like I've interviewed, I mean, I'm not name dropping, but like I've interviewed some really beautiful, powerful people through the years. You know, from Ryan Reynolds to Hugh Jackman, Chris Hemsworth. He is name dropping. Charlie Theron. Britney Check Spears. out Joshua Simon's YouTube channel for the interviews. <laughs> so I heard that right. I interviewed Britney Spears once. Um, but when, I, when I'm interviewing them, I don't think of, whoa, you're attractive, you're cute, or whatever. I just think of, number one, I'm mostly nervous. And I'm trying to remember all the questions that I told myself I would ask. Yeah, just answer the question. Yeah, answer the question, Josh. Don't be such a cop-out. <laughs> Izzy? Venom is Jokim. Okay. Oh, I would say Venom is Jokim. I, love I, I it. I've always found Venom is Jokim Izzy as someone who's a really, really interesting human being, attractive in like every kind of sense of way, you know? Cause because she knows how to put on a show as Venom is Jokim. But the Izzy that I've also known and have like uh, been drawn to as a friend is someone that I just sit with at night you know, over a cigarette and we're just like talking about life and the, the really messed up things that happen that we're going through. And, and, and Izzy is, is very, very delicate. Um, and and, and when, I think when we, when we had Venomous joking on the show, just seeing her have fun, at the same time, get a bit teary eyed and a bit vulnerable at certain points, especially when, you know, she was looking back at what her childhood was like, you know, so all that was just like, oh. It was just beauty. It was you know? what? It was what? Beauty. No, you want to say precious. <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from that word now. Well, it was precious. I agree with you. I agree. Right? She competed on Thailand's Drag Race, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the incredible thing about Drag Race and why we love Drag Race so much is that we can see an outfit that's fabulous. We can see a death drop. But it isn't until we see what the girls are like behind the scenes when we get to know mm-hmm. their lives. That's when we really fall in love with them. Izzy is someone like that where I've always felt all these things about, oh, Izzy's actually quite brilliant, really, really intelligent. She has a lot to share. She has a lot to give. And when, when she came on the episode, her authentic self. So and, much heart. Uh, absolutely love Izzy. Yeah. yeah. Venom is joking. For sure. What about you, Sanjo? Sorry, say again. Who did you think was the cutest and who surprised you the most? Maybe you can answer that one. <clears throat> who was surprising? She's got a bit of a British accent there. She's yeah. like, maybe you can answer that one. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Melanie. <laughs> Melanie, Victoria. I think I was very surprised by Melanie C. I could really sense like all that positive energy coming from her. You know, when you interview celebrities and I think Josh, you and I have both done that. No matter how familiar you are with it, with that process, you will always get a little bit starstruck yeah. because like, you're basically not put on this world prepared to like speak to Britney Spears, even if it's just on the phone. Yeah. Like, you know, and then one of your childhood idols, like Melanie C, we both grew up with her. Yeah. Like, you know, she's suddenly there in front of us, looking at us, calling us gorgeous and everything. I was just very surprised that she was so down to earth and so... Not that I expected anything less from a Spice Girl, but I just, I think seeing her and like having that rapport with her, seeing firsthand how strongly she felt about LGBTQ rights, that was very um, inspiring to me. It really made my day, you know, it, I think it made my day, made my week, it made my month, it made my whole year, like, 
Oh my god, I'm still starstruck. Get me go. Yeah, I'm sorry if you guys want us to like, like see who we're gonna be thirsting over. We we don't really we don't really thirst over. Our Slide own. into you know. their DMs. You yeah. never know. Exactly. I mean, I can answer for Kennedy as well. So Kennedy oh. definitely liked uh, Johnson and Paula. <laughs> okay, next. Okay, I will. I'm gonna leave it at yeah. that, and See, we're gonna Kennedy, go on. If you don't come in an episode, we will answer on your behalf. <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right. Well, I'm gonna move on to Junjie's question. I'm sorry. I hope I pronounced that right. Junjie. Junjie. Um, I feel like we all know a Junjie. Junjie. Yeah. <laughs> JJ Lin is a Junjie. Yeah, Junjie. So JJ wants to know how do you guys feel after listening back to the podcast episodes? Do you listen at all? <sighs> I learn new things about Kennedy or about Sandro, or sometimes even about myself. The loneliness episode, I'll be like, oh, I was so sad in that episode. I could hear how sad yeah. I was. Uh, the coming out episode was tough as well. So yeah. certain certain moments, I think really tender moments, because it's also like a time capsule of where each of us were yeah. at then. So I like the little like jabs at each other and and you singing along and stuff mm. like that with Kennedy. It's like those are like the fun moments I always like play back to. Yeah, I also listen to it a lot because all of us kind of like before the episode actually goes up, we listen to the draft version. There are a lot of considerations behind putting an episode out. You know, do we include this? Um, could it be too sensitive? Are we worried? Can and are I say we that? ready? Yeah. I think that's something that you know, as the comms person, I always try and ask the guests that come on the show. You know. They don't owe us their story, and it's always an honor to hear it. That, it's same for you guys, because I guess we're so aware that you're each like living through it as well. Yeah, and for me, like I guess maybe it's occupational hazard because I'm a journalist by training, right? I actually fact check. Yes, you <laughs> no, know, I listen and it's so important. to the episode. I fact check, and I go like. Lawrence Cheney didn't actually have a Scouse accent, so maybe we should take that out, like you know. And so we've <laughs> right. taken stuff out because we don't want to be read to filth by people who actually know their shit, yeah. you know. And we don't profess to know everything, but the last thing we want to do is to put something out there in the world that is inaccurate and yeah. that would maybe exactly. um, potentially um, upset someone because we didn't do our research. So yeah. there's a lot of homework that we actually do, I think. Yeah, and we 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 know how much this podcast means to. To you, listener, wherever you are, whether you're jogging and listening to the podcast, or you're at the gym, and and we want to put something up for you of quality. We try to have that level of responsibility with, with and accountability of what we put on the show as well. We also try to edit for length, right? Because yeah. we don't want to just drone on and on and on like we did in the Talk Talk episode. Although people really love that one for some reason. The listenership for that one. Was really I personally good. felt it was too long, but I mean, I had people write to me and say that they were disappointed it wasn't the episode they were looking for. <laughs> I mean, you, the title oh, promised a lot, <laughs> and if you're not you, from Singapore, you thirsty hoes. <laughs> Okay, we'll give you a real cock episode soon enough. <laughs> We're actually saving a lot of things. I think one thing to know is that sometimes we take things out of the episode so that we can do a fuller episode on yeah. it yeah. down the road. Sometimes it, you know there are conversations that are worth more than a mention. Like mm-hmm. you, to really give the story justice, you have to dive into it. And yeah. I think something that we talk about as well is you know who is the best voice to share this story. Yeah. And, and we're so grateful to all the guests that have come on because it adds so much color. Yeah. I like her accent. I don't know. Is it? We'll see. Oh my gosh! I don't mean to tease leave you. Leave me alone! I'm so no, self-conscious. You know what, you know what now. I really like? This... I like Jame Private School Girl. You're so povo. I, I think it's it's okay. I love Rachel, it. I think it's rich that Josh is the one teasing you about an <gasps> accent. 
Oh, I like that you're coming to my house to read me. <laughs> All right, next question. All right, next question comes in from Owen, who asks, what is your type? And I'm going to add to that and ask, what is on your dating profile? Oh. <laughs> okay, well, I have some good news to share. I have just unsubscribed to Tinder. <gasps> I just deleted Tinder. I know for most of the podcasts, you've heard me as a single, lonely, heartbroken, recovering from a slew of experiences from before in the past, but um, I am very happy to share that I am in a relationship. Woo! This is an SG Boy exclusive! <laughs> yeah, I won't share too much, but um, we did the Clubhouse chat recently with Jamie, right? Mm -hmm. And after he, he listened for the entire duration of it, and then he drove all the way down to my house, and he got me Petal Pop ice cream. So cute! Rainbow Petal Pop ice cream. That's so sweet. You can very see like cute. Josh, if you are here, to just look at Josh's face. He's, He's positively glowing <laughs> and has beaming from ear to ear. <laughs> you are romantic at heart, that I know. So yeah. I think you like it when, um, I would say one of your it's love languages. Yeah, it's reciprocal and you love it when someone does an act of service for you like that's one of the love languages right so the yeah. fact that your you know your boyfriend waited for you and brought you like pedal pop ice cream I think that was um, yeah I think it was know, just a little, the deal for you it was like a little surprise because I like I don't think anyone's ever done that for me like little surprises because I'm also very kind of like go out of my way grand sweeping gestures kind of guy and I think and you would have heard it in the recent episodes where I'm, I feel like right now the place I'm at is a, a bit kind of like <sighs> tired exhausted from everything so even with this relationship it's I went in with we're not going to do anything like particularly fancy at the start or anything this is just what I would look for in a relationship I think you're kind of cute let's just get to know each other um, and it was building the foundation, so we were dating for a while. Um, and, and yeah, so my, my type has definitely changed through the years. I, I, I think. I wouldn't say your type has changed, you know. I would yeah. say it's evolved and you know what you don't want in a relationship. Yeah, and it's got nothing to do with sort of physical things. Yeah, it's just, I think people have to date to understand what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I think there's also been a period where I was dating people and and i just switched off what type was because i think I, I think when you're on tinder you're swiping for that particular type of look of guy that you would find attractive right and i just learned to just switch that off and just focus on what are they writing on their profile or what are kind of some clues on their <laughs> photos that they've uploaded like oh this person is very outgoing and this person travels a bit this would be quite interesting he might come with stories i want to know stories so those kind of things then shaped what my type became which is a very open-ended thing whereas before it was like stats you just you know like we spoke with johnson about that everything kind of started with height weight and that's yeah. it and then now it's evolved and i think i would like to encourage everyone to challenge your type to challenge why your type mm -hmm. is a certain look a certain skin color a certain body shape do you want to be with the guy that you actually want to become? I found myself doing that through the years as well. I wanted to date someone that I actually wanted to be. Mm. So it became more of a vanity thing, more about trying to seek validation and approval from this particular type of person where if I can date this person, that means I'm good looking or I'm able to sit in the same room as you. So with the guy that I'm dating right now, it's, um, it's none of that. We're not trying to convince each other of who we are. We have to like show to each other that I'm worthy. It's like, I, I know I'm worthy. 
you know you're worthy you've got your life i got my life let's just come together and chat so that's where i'm at right now took a long time and he's such a sweetheart we've met him we're not gonna name him again if you're listening we love you we love josh and we're so happy for the both of you uh samjo what's your type and we have a lot of people who thirst over you on Instagram. Anytime there's a video of you that we post, it's just like, oh my god, he's so cute. Lies. Liza Minnelli. Why would you believe it? You are so beautiful. Then why am I still single? <laughs> anyway, this is not a pity party for me. Being single is a great thing too. Exactly. I, I know. I, I don't want to be a cop-out, but I legit don't have a type. But I will say this, I'm more of like a face rather than a body person. Okay. I'm very interested in having an intellectual connection with someone. Right. You know, being able to hold a conversation and like bounce off each other. The chemistry must be there. And that's something that I've learned like over the years as I've gotten older. It's something that's become more important to me. Back then it used to be just physical. I also wouldn't deny that the physical, like, you know, outward attractiveness, like, it, it matters. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, that's the whole premise of gamifying tinder right like whether or not you swipe left or right you are basically going with what like you know some words and pictures ultimately if someone doesn't have a picture you know swipe right on someone who doesn't have a picture but has the most amazing profile would you maybe but then can you really trust that person i don't know you have all these questions so i would say generically someone that i can that can handle me <laughs> can we can riff off each other's energy i think that's important and also Someone who's like, you know, uh, pleasant on the eye. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> but if you ask me what type, I don't have a type. But since Owen asked, I shall reply. <laughs> and Owen also asked about my dating profile, so I will share with No, you. that was me. That was just me. Oh, that was Rachel. <laughs> so Rachel asked about my dating profile. I'm going to show you. You're not allowed to scroll anywhere else with this, okay? Oh. But I'm going to show Josh. and can I um, read it? Josh can do a dramatic reading. <laughs> I'm okay with sharing these things. Wow. Okay, actually, you look very handsome oh in this gosh, photo. Oh my gosh, so cute. You, you're licking your lips. I'm just savoring my coffee. You can see his dimple on his <laughs> cheek, you know. And it says, SJ32, less than a kilometer away. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It says, mostly sweet, sometimes salty, always crunchy. Just like my popcorn. I don't think crunchy. What's crunchy? Excuse you. That's why I didn't write crusty. I wrote crunchy. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. I get it. Okay. 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 Can I look at the photos? Yeah, you can look at the photos. Okay. My photos. Please don't scroll anywhere else. The second photo is him. This is a mandatory gay Tinder shot, which okay. is at the swimming pool. At the swimming pool, <laughs> infinity pool would be preferred. That was at Omnia Bali. Oh my god, yeah. I have a photo there too. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely, so it's a lovely, lovely place. This third photo is what I would call precious. Okay, it's it's uh, Sam Jo looking over his shoulder and there's a little bird oh. on his shoulder and he's clearly at Ping Dot. I was at Ping Dot and that was the year I met that little bird. Uh, his name is Goji. Mm -hmm. And he belongs to his bird mama, Gabrina, who is this amazing human being who is such an animal lover. You are the, the one who is now single uh, in the SG Boys trio. Mm. So we hope that you'll be hitched next. 
We'll see, we'll see. I mean, if it's meant to happen, then it'll happen, but, but I'm not gonna, you know, hold my breath for it. All right. Well, I'm excited to ask this question because it comes from my cousin, Jeanette, all the way from Australia. Um, she listens to the podcast with her partner, Regan. She wants to know what your favorite date spots are in Singapore. Like, where would you take someone out to? Well, if you want a good first date spot, it will also be your last. Well, I'm the expert. <laughs> <laughs> so morbid. Uh, <laughs> tantric is hard. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. Tantric is like if you want to get sloshed and then get into each other's pants by the end of the night. So probably not that. Or have them hit on someone else. Oh, Josh. Well, Josh, is that oh. speaking from personal experience? Even if I said yes, <laughs> do you really want? That's what people are tuning in for. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I want to flip it around just real quick, just to mm. throw this on the table, right? Okay, two friends of mine. One of them went on a first date and she was really annoyed that he took her to a hawker center. And she said, oh, I'm not going to go out with a guy who took me to a hawker center on a first date. Well, that's ridiculous. On the flip side, I have another friend had their first date at a hawker center and she was so chill about it. She was like, I'm going to order from all these different stalls at the same time. We're going to get Xiaolong Bao here to see it's cheaper and all this. And it became like a massive feast. And for people overseas, a hawker center is like a food court, a nod to eateries. And, and, and chefs on the street that we used to have where they would have hawkers on the street with a wok and they would fry and cook stuff and sell them off the street. You can still see them in like Southeast Asia, still very common here. Um, and, and they got married, they're married now. And he, he took it as sort of an indication that, whoa, she was so comfortable with just eating at a hawker center. Even though we can afford to go to like a Michelin star restaurant, the fact that you're cool with just focusing on the two of us, regardless of where we are, I, I kind of like that girl. But I, I guess also for the first person, I, I guess if you like that kind of extravagance and you want that first step to be, oh, this guy's making an effort to book us a nice fancy table and stuff. I mean, I don't want to knock you for it. La. I always feel like first date should be in your real space being where you really exist, where you would usually eat, and then that's how you can see whether someone fits into it. But I don't know, what about you? I think it depends on who also. So it's very important to read the other person, right? Uh. I will always, always, always check what the other person is comfortable with, like what their budget is, for instance, like, you know, cause you can't expect like one party to just pick up the entire tab. Is it just a meet up and see how it goes kind of date? Mm. Or is it like, I've met this person before in a social setting, like in a platonic setting. Now we might, we're trying to explore the romantic side of things. Now that I feel like warrants a little bit more planning, a little yeah. bit like, you know, it's a bit more of like, you want to have more of a sense of occasion about it. Right. So maybe I would choose like... Very important in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Because you don't want to be all hot and sweaty. I mean, that can come later at night, but you don't want it there and then, you know. Have you guys ever felt like in Singapore, there are certain places where you feel you can be more open on a date? Yeah, I was just going to say, because we did this interview recently, didn't we? Where we talked about how in the dating process, I guess, when you're living in a country where you don't have that freedom to express yourself with your partner openly, whether it be, you know, holding hands or maybe a kiss on the cheek even, which I guess straight couples, that's like, I'm guessing a norm, right? They seem to always make out whenever there's an escalator. But um, <laughs> for, for, for gay people, you always got to think of, I have to hold your hand in the car. Mm. And I can only kiss you in the car or when no one's looking. Or if I walk you home and there's no one else around. It's tough to think of where we can feel safe to be ourselves. Or even just to say the word gay openly, sometimes can feel so scary. But also that shows you where they are 
currently at in their journey of being comfortable with themselves given the circumstances around them at that time. But now Rachel, when you bring up that point about do you feel safe as a gay person, now I think a couple of places do come to mind. Oh really? Yeah, not too long ago I went on a date at Free the Robot. Ah, have I you been love- there? She oh loves my gosh. Rat. I have lots of stories about that place. So when I first moved back to Singapore, Rachel has spoken. <laughs> Wait, this is uh, just for anyone who's going to quickly jot this down. This is at Teluk Aya, really close to the MRT. So at night, it's a cocktail bar, fabulous, called Bitters in Love. I had my 21st birthday there. They're, yeah. they're super, wow. super open and they're, they're just a fabulous bunch. I mean, you go there, you can see a lot of white flags hanging around. Like quite a few of the staff are also like queer. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good combination of like service of like the vibe is great, it's very chill and you also feel like completely at ease. You look around and you can see other gay couples as well. Yeah. So you don't feel like... But at the same time, it's also like a, a mixed kind of place. Yeah, it's right? not necessarily a gay bar, but yeah. it's a place where like anybody can feel comfortable. And that's right. what I've always loved about that place. Right. Exactly. And even if you were to have sort of the occasional tourist or the person who read about this place through a blog or anything, and they may not necessarily know that it's a very kind of open space for people to feel comfortable, like you can feel like no matter what, there's, there'll be someone there who can stick up for you. You know, help diffuse whatever situation if it happens to come up. And that whole Teluk Aya Street, actually, you can yeah. see sometimes a little pride flag sticking out yeah. at the top of the window, like a lighthouse saying, okay, you can come here. You're going to be all right here. Mm. And what you can do after you're done with brunch or lunch <laughs> or whatever, and you feel like a little tipple, you can already start drinking at Free the Robot, but you can walk down like five minutes to Dorothy's, which is an amazing gay bar. Mm. Yes. Very underrated in the sense that not a lot of people go there because the main action in Singapore is along New Road, right? Yeah. In Tanjung Paga. But if you're in the Chinatown area and you just want, like, you know, to hit up, like, a gay bar, uh, just walk along Chinatown, you will see uh, Tringanu Street, I think that's where it is. You will see the huge rainbow flag hanging out. You just walk up to the second floor. Very nice people. Yeah. Very, very nice people. And there's a fruit shop downstairs. Can buy mango. Mm. <laughs> and if a very nice, like, veranda balcony area, which re- kind of reminds me of, like, you know, very New Orleans, Mardi Gras kind of vibe. So you can look out onto the street, you can people watch, you can sip your cocktail, you can like flirt a little, you can... And the music is good! Yes! Well, next question that we have comes in from Jason, who actually asks, can you please share a motivational quote that you have been applying to your life as of late? A motivational quote? You know, I take a lot of my motivation from song lyrics. (laughs) I have so many, but one that I always swear by you got your driver's license? And no, no I don't like the song. What? Okay, it's not like I don't like it, but I don't think that it's that great. I think it would hit differently if we were like 14 or 15 and if that came on because we'd be like stressing out over a boy or whatever and they'd be like, oh my god, now we're going to drive past her house. But now as adults, we're like, girl, you need to drive fast away from this person, <laughs> okay? You have no business crying over this boy. Like Every time I hear this song, I'm like, girl... Please rise up. Wait, I really like this song, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'll read out the lyrics. I'm gonna do it like it ain't been done. On top only just begun. Better believe I'll be your number one. I'm gonna do it like it ain't been done. And I hope you're holding on, cause I'm going, going, gone. I'm gonna do it like it ain't been done. I'm gonna do it like it ain't been done. I'm like waiting for like the inspirational. Yeah. That is it. Oh. That's it. Do you know who that is? 
I, I feel like I've heard it, but not enough for me to be like, damn, let me write yeah. that down. <laughs> that was Jesse J. In Been Done. No, really listen to it. It's such a great song and I actually performed it at my 30th birthday. It really struck a chord with me because especially when you're at a crossroads of your life, it could be career-wise, it could be like anything. It's about like making your mark in this life. Like what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? That particular song and that chorus really spoke to me. It's like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it differently. Because uh... you know? everyone out there has their own shtick, so you do you. Even if people are going to look at you and say, oh, that's been done before, that's not original or whatever, you know, so many others have come before you. You know what? Yes, there'll be so many others that have come before you, but you got to do you. If it's true to you, if that's what you feel, then go out and do it and do it like how it's never been done before. Do it better. You know, Ooh. just because you're not first. I love it. Yeah. Shouldn't stop you. Do it better. Preach. Do it like it ain't been done. Everyone is different and special and unique in their own way if you allow yourself to be that person, you know? If you try to be like everyone else, you're my dog's barking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my dog's like, preach, preach, yes, yes. 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 For me, there was this quote recently by an actor, I don't remember who it was, and I heard it kind of offhand while I was watching interviews, like radio interviews from the US, from New York, and, and he said, there'll be a point in your life where you'll realize that everything that has happened to you was training for where you are now. Where a lot of like sort of the misadventures or things that you thought was gonna happen a certain way, or even for me being in a relationship right now, I, I, I definitely went in with a lot of the lessons that I've learned from before with dating. It felt like everything was just training for how I am gonna be, right? The, the boyfriend that I am now. Um, even this podcast, the day after the TED Talk thing didn't happen and I went back to the office and um, my boss had a chat with me over that and all the press that was around that because my sexuality now became a very public thing. I remember going to the rooftop and I remember just like, because I was strong for so long and I just started crying by myself. And I just prayed to God and I was like, I didn't know it would require more strength. After all this, there's still more that I need to go through, you know? Because I thought like, for me, this TED Talk thing, when it comes to the sort of coming out and my sexuality and things that I've gone through in my life, I thought that was going to be like a full circle thing. Okay, I've done this and now chapter close. I don't have to deal with this ever again. And life just said, no, 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 not done yet. All that became a setup for where we are now with this podcast. All that was training had I known then that I was actually just preparing for right now. And when I think of the future, right now is also preparation for what tomorrow is going to be. Yep. But all either under repair or under construction or like, you know, still putting ourselves back together. Definitely. It could be from heartbreak or from a huge setback in life. The key is in the bouncing back. Coincidentally, this morning, before I, I met up with you guys, I was journaling because I do that sometimes, I journal my thoughts. This is why I journaled, right? I said, Josh, you're so cool. Josh, you're so inspiring. Josh, you're so awesome. Josh, I hate you. Josh, I never want to see you again. Josh, you really hurt me for saying that. Josh, you really hurt me for doing that. Josh, I think you're fake. So I wrote down all these different iterations of how people perceive me as, both the good and the bad, or Josh, I never really care much about you. I thought you were kind of weird. And I thought of how humans are in that sense where you are loved and liked and at the same time you're hated at the same time and people also don't care about you all at once. Every single one of us, right? 
we are a mixture of all these different things based on who we tend to. But the most important thing now is who are you to yourself? Because I've had all that from obviously my perspective with different interactions that I've had with people and everything. But I'm still standing and I'm still walking and I'm still sort of like pulling myself along. So that's a sort of a deepening of what it means to love who you are. Yeah. Or to say you're not perfect. Mm. Right? Because all of us have someone out there right now who will say that, oh, you actually hurt me and you're really not that nice. There'll be someone else who said, no, he's actually great and he's a bit misunderstood. So sometimes I get very confused with all these different perceptions that people have of me and I have to kind of go back to, but how do I feel about myself knowing all this knowledge? Is there still more to love? Is there still more to do? And that's kind of where we are when we say we're not perfect. And I think that very often we're so affected by what other people say about us or how we think other people perceive us. They may not even have said it to our faces, yeah. but, but our inner saboteur <laughs> comes up yeah. and tells us that, oh, you know, we're not good enough. Mm. Oh, we're not worthy enough. I, I don't know if it's age or anything. I've learned to, I've learned to give less fucks, fewer fucks, essentially. Right. Yeah. And to quote Jesse J again, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Yeah. That, that has become easier to believe. Because I realize that this is my life and I can't live it for anyone else. I gotta live it for myself. Exactly. Yeah. This new relationship that I'm in and I'm very happy. For so long I've been single, right? There's been so much of, is it even happening? Is this real? Because for so long you think like, oh, I'm unlovable. Or when he expresses love, I'm like, is it real? Am I dreaming? Is this weird? He's probably going to leave tomorrow and all that. Everything is great and I'm not used to everything being great. I'm not used to everything being okay. But that is this inner saboteur. Yeah, that is, for sure. It's precisely That's that inner saboteur yeah. that if you don't check it, yeah. it's going to affect your relationship at the end of the day. Yep. Because there you have a guy saying that he loves you wholeheartedly, but yeah. you are wondering like, is this real? And then that will affect how you react exactly. to that. So don't let it get to you. Yeah. I feel like live in the moment. You know, I've also been single for a lot of my life and yeah. I know that feeling like what I have now is not guaranteed. I'm always scared to, as they say, jinx it. A lot of my friends always give me a hard time. They're like, Sandra, you're so secretive about like who you date and who you like, you know, you're seeing right now. And it's like, no, it's not that I'm deliberately secretive because I'm just worried and I've been bitten quite a few times where like, you know, things are going fine and then suddenly like, you know, someone ghosts on me. Yeah. It doesn't work out. Why would I go to the extent of introducing him to all of you? And then you have to explain to everyone. And then when in the end that person like, you know, drops out of my life, yeah, I have to pick up the pieces. So I'm just like, I'm not here for that. Yeah. Um, so I get your fear but you know what this love is not like a prison cell where you keep each other contained you're supposed to grow together out of that initial space and you're supposed to go on this journey together (laughs) if they're meant to be with you they will stay yeah as a Gemini you understand you have two different versions of yourself like throwing all these things at you so I'm just doing what I can to check myself with my actions and my Mm. words so even though I'm feeling all these things I'm telling myself, show up, be kind, just be there. Yeah. That's it. Be present and yeah. relish it. Relish. Yeah, I just want to enjoy this, you know? Exactly. Because you spend so many nights by yourself, like, oh, I want to, like, have this, or you wish your bolster was someone, and then, like, you actually <laughs> have... Now you got someone, yeah. That's it. Like, the other night, when he was just there, I was just like, 
just watching him sleep, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's real. He's an actual person and he's kind and, and he's good and, and I'm happy and he's happy. And I was like, oh, this is so, I just want like today to like last forever and I just want to protect everything that we have. So change your playlist also lah. So instead of listening, <laughs> really, instead of listening to like, uh, oh, I want to dance with somebody, you should be listening to Treating Me Kind, <laughs> Sweetest to Me. Carried me through desperation. You're a much better singer than this, Josh. You never tried. For the first time, we're having our microphones kind of like taped to our collar. Cheers. <laughs> and we're like walking around the room. We're like sipping rosé to honor. Who didn't win? <laughs> Who freaking flopped at the finale? Let's just face it. I mean. I was gonna say we're gonna honor Rose from Blackpink, but okay. Oh, oh okay. okay. No, I mean my favorite is Jisoo. Everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> you know, we can actually take these microphones out and we can do an SG Boys on the go. We should. Yeah. And we should ask people, everyone who their favorite drag queen is, who their favorite Blackpink member is. We can just ask like gay questions. Those aren't gay questions. I'm sorry, but they're universal. Okay, yeah, sorry, that's like that. <laughs> that's like that. Let's be faced. I'm a favorite drag queen too, okay? This is why we still need straight friends to keep us in check. <laughs> the SG Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at The SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.